Welcome to episode three of the Everyday Gospel Podcast, where we talk about equipping you with the gospel for everyday life. Today we're talking about why sound doctrine matters. So let's jump right in. My name's Billy, and I'm the worship pastor of Grace City. And my name is Randall, and I'm the lead pastor of Grace City. And today we're talking about why sound doctrine matters. So Randall, kind of what is, what is sound doctrine, uh, first of all? Yeah, that word doctrine can scare people because you think this is a, a word where very rigid uh, type of teachings are being forced upon us, you know, doctrine. Um, and that's not what it is. Uh, when you read through the scriptures, there's, there's a heart behind having uh, sound doctrine is what it would say. And then the translation would be healthy doctrine. So a healthy teaching, gospel-centered teaching, Jesus glorifying teaching is going to lead you to a healthier life um, in Christ, growing as a disciple of Jesus. Um, so I think, you know, that that word doctrine, we shouldn't be afraid of that. Um, but really, again, learn, listen, lean into uh, what does it mean to be uh, a person who, who hears uh, what, it, what, what the truth of the gospel is, what, what it means to be a true Christian uh, from God's word, from the Bible. Um, you know, there's, there's a, a warning that the Apostle Paul gives to uh, Timothy in 2 Timothy 4. Um, and he's a young man trying to learn to uh, hold tightly to, to the truths of Scripture, uh, to the truths of Jesus. And, and here's what Paul says to Timothy in 2 Timothy 4, 2. He says, preach the word, be ready in season and out of season, reprove, rebuke, and exhort with complete patience and teaching. For the time is coming when people will not endure sound teaching, um, that can also be translated as healthy teaching, um, but having itching ears, they will accumulate for themselves teachers to suit their own passions and will turn away from listening to the truth and wander off into myths. Um, so this was a an issue back during the time of uh, Paul as an apostle uh, speaking with Timothy. Um, sadly, it is still an issue for us today. Um, so when it comes to uh, really leaning into what is sound doctrine, um, you know, we take that seriously and want to help people to see what does the scripture say? Um, you know, I think even about Grace City and I think what kind of church do we want to be? Um, you look through the books, book of Acts, there's a church um, in Berea called the, they were the Bereans. And what they would do was they would listen to somebody speak or preach, and then they would match it up with the scriptures. They would search the scriptures to see if what that person was saying matched up with what the truth of uh, God's revelation, the scriptures had shown. And so they would have lined that up with what we know as the Old Testament or, you know, was is the Hebrew scriptures, but they would have lined that up with what that person was saying and say, does this match up? Um, and really you can do that because um, as we know, as we talk about a lot at Grace City is um, Jesus is in all of scripture. He's not just in well, the New Testament. He is in all of scripture. So we can look back um, Old Testament, New Testament. Um, and just like the book of Ephesians says that the truth is in Jesus. Um, so really does this line up with who Jesus is, what he's done, and who the character of God is revealed through the scriptures. 
yeah, we hope that everything we do is uh, gospel-centered, pointing you to dive deeper into Scripture, um, that our songs would not just uh, cause you to feel an emotion or Randall's messages would cause you to feel an emotion, but that you would be moved by what God's Word says um, and that that would be what you what you stand on as your the foundation for how you live your life. Yeah, and it, it really is so important. I, I didn't realize how important it was until uh, I went to Bible college. And, you know, one of the first classes that we had in Bible college is called hermeneutics. Um, and hermeneutics is the way that we interpret Scripture. Um, and in a lot of ways, what's popular and what, you know, what did even as a high schooler. Um, and I remember my small group leader trying to teach me this, but it was this idea that we don't just look at the scriptures and interpret it into our own lives, not based on any context at all, but we need to look at the context first. Here's what the, the scriptures were originally saying. And then from that, how can we take some things into our lives right now that will help us um, to follow Christ uh, even more? Um, so really, you know, context who the, the Bible is written to, all those things are really important when we come to um, applying the scriptures to our own lives. Um, and that's really where we need to have a, a baseline, a healthy base of what does the Bible say and how do I interpret that? Yeah, I've heard it. I think I've heard it said that the Bible is not a, it's not a book solely about you, but it is for you. And it's, to a spe- I think you said this on Sunday, it's a specific, to a specific people. So a lot of these pastoral epistles, like the one we're going through Titus, those are to a specific person or first and second Corinthians is for a specific church that they would actually read out in a letter. Um, but this is not uh, the book written to Billy specifically for Billy's life, but there's so much in there um, that talks a lot about who God is, not necessarily um who Billy is, but I can see who I am by looking at who God is. Yeah, because when we when we come to the scriptures, I mean, the first thing we need, you know, in our culture, we ask, who am I? And uh, when we look at the scriptures, the first question we should be asking is, who is God? What has God done? Who is he? What is his character like? Um, and so from that, then we can learn who we are first based off of who God is. Um, and so we need to have a healthy view of, of God and, and really what the scriptures say about God, because then we'll be able to discern what is healthy teaching, what is sound doctrine. Um, is this more about me or is this more about Christ? Um, and just like we talked about, you know, that, that scripture from 2 Timothy, it says that um, people who have itching ears will accumulate for themselves teachers to or to suit their own passions. Um, and so my job as a uh, Bible teacher is not to teach what's popular, to um, hold tightly onto this is, um, you know, this is what I think, but my job is to communicate what God thinks. And I was reading uh, recently a, uh, a quote from um, Crawford Loritz. He's a pastor, um, I think in Georgia. He's, he's in Georgia, but uh, Atlanta area. And one of the things he said the job of a, a preacher is, is um, to hear from God, from his word, and 
to communicate that because it's an appointment with God's people. God wants an appointment with his people. And so I'm just here delivering the message. Um, and, and it's not about me. It's about God and, and what he thinks and what he wants to do. And so if any, if there's anything that, um, that I need to be doing, it's to, to work out and say, okay, how is this, um, what this message is from God, how can I communicate that in a way that's, that people are going to be able to understand and that is true to the word of God. So one of the things that we've encouraged you to do in past podcasts is to send in your questions. And we got a few of those uh, this past week. Uh, and so one of them, one of our listeners sent in, uh, says this, what should happen when there are disagreements about quote unquote non-essentials within the local church? What does it look like to biblically quote unquote agree to disagree, especially when an issue might be really important to someone? So let's, let's kind of back up and unpack that. What are, what does it mean when we talk about first importance issues or second, secondary issues? Yeah, well, we, we need to first look at uh, 1 Corinthians 15, where the Apostle Paul talks about uh, what a first importance issue is. And it has a lot to do with Jesus. Um, and so when he explains this is of first importance, he says to um, the group of people in Corinth that, uh, it, it has to do with Jesus uh, coming, dying, raising from the dead, people uh, witnessing that Jesus um, is who he says he is, and the gospel, the gospel message, the, the, that's the starting place for when we're talking about first importance issues. And, you know, there are other things like um, who God is, uh, because you're not going to be able to rightly understand God until you understand who he is. And so um, I think, you know, J.I. Packer talks about that and knowing God. Um, you know, again, it's the starting place is looking at God, who is his, who, who is he, what's his character? And then from there, really taking that and saying, okay, help me to live in alignment with that God, like help me to, to live um, in that. And so there, there are um, first importance issues. And um, really you look back throughout church history, we've dealt with a lot of those things. And so you can look back to the Apostles' Creed, the Nicene Creed, different things like that, where they've been able to work out some of those uh, first importance issues. Um, so when you're looking at a church and saying, okay, what, what does this church believe? One of the things you should look at is um, belief statements um, about the nature of man, uh, the nature of God, who is God, uh, who is Jesus, what has he done, all of those types of things. Um, and so those are of, of first importance. Um, but then you get into this realm of um, secondary issues and uh, things that, you know, if, if we don't watch out, we can get into arguments and disagreements that can be very divisive and unhelpful to the body of Christ. Um, so the way I've, I've heard it described, I thought it was really helpful, was, um, you know, there are people that you agree with in a lot of ways. And and so the way you can view it is, um, these are people that we live in the same town. You know, we've got the same belief systems, we're, we're pretty close, we got the same uh, beliefs, so that we live in that same town. And then there are people that have a, a couple different nuances of, okay, here's what, what I believe. And so you live in the same state. But, um, and then you kind of get outside of that. And there are people who maybe live in the same country as you, um, but it's not the same 
town or it's not the same state. And so, but the, 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 the big overarching thing is you all live in the same country. So we'll just say it's like Christianity, right? And so you're all in the same realm. We're all brothers and sisters. We just live in different parts of the country. Um, but uh, when you get outside the country, that's when you start getting outside of what Christianity is. Um, and so um, there are people that have a lot of different beliefs along the spectrum. But once you start saying, okay, it's not about Jesus, it's not about what he's done or any of those types of things, what we're talking about is there are people who say uh, Jesus Christ, right? So they use the name Jesus, but they believe something different about him. Um, so I've had different uh, groups of people that will come to my door that will talk to me about um, here's who Jesus is. And I ask them, do you believe that Jesus is the son of God? And they say, no, he's not. And here's why. Um, we, we don't, that, that, that's not the same um, belief system. And so it really comes back to starting with Jesus. And then from that, uh, when we ask like, who is God? Then we start to say, okay, God, how do you define humanity? How do you define who I am? And from that, we see that God is the one who defines us, and he's the one who helps us with um, really defining essentials, non-essentials. Even when you look at the garden, and you look at how God designed things within the garden, you say, okay, he's made Adam, he's made Eve, here's what marriage looks like, here's all of those things. We can't get away from that. We can't fight against that. And so it's God's the one that created it. God defines things. And we just want to be in alignment with him and say, okay, Lord, help me. Um, Because the way that um, our society would be structured, the way that um, our lives could even be structured might not be in alignment with that. And so really we, that's where we need to start with who is God and not make God in our own image but we are made in God's image. And so we need to look at God first and say, okay, God, you're the one who made us, defines us, and really helps us along, even through our struggles, even through our hurts, even through our pains, even we don't understand. Um, God, give me wisdom. Help me to understand. Help me not to pursue things that are just going to feed into my own personal desires of what I think. But Lord, what do you think? Yeah, because this is really where you get into some weird cult-like activity when you have people come in and say, I know that the Bible says this about God, but I have this new special revelation that I've got. So Mormonism would be one that I think comes up where you've got Joseph Smith saying, no, I've got, I've got new revelation that uh, the Bible's kind of, it's still a good text, but it's, it's secondary to these new texts that I have really you need to look at, okay, we believe that the Bible, the Old and New Testament, those are the truths of scripture and that the things that God says are not going to contradict that. He's not going to contradict his own word. Yeah. You match up scripture with scriptures and look back and say, okay, this is something that it says on the surface, but um, what are some other scriptures that can help me to interpret this? What are, what are some things that... Um, you know, I can look at to help me to see, okay, what does this mean on the surface? Because um, let's be honest, the Bible, um, first off, people question its validity all the time. But if you do research and study, 
you will have to come to the conclusion that this book is not like any other book. Um, I mean, I can rattle off just a few reasons why you should, uh, you know, look into this. And, and th- this was written by, uh, you know, over 40 different authors, 66 different books over uh, thousands of years span. And so when you look at that and you put it all together and, and we start cross-referencing scriptures from people in different stages of life, different cultures even, this is cross-cultural, cross-generational. You start matching up these ideas, um, that is miraculous that the Bible is the way it is and that we can look at it and and. And again, people will try and pick up scriptures here and there and say, this is why I won't believe the the Bible. Um, But really, are we digging in and saying, okay, this is why I believe this, um, because I've studied this and I've really leaned into it, and I've had to look at other ancient texts and match it up and say, okay, how does the Bible match up to um, all these other ancient texts, and I'm telling you, the Bible comes through in, with flying colors when it comes to comparing them to other ancient texts. It's it's unbelievable um, how uh, the Bible stacks up. So um, really, it starts with the authentication of, of the Bible. And, and when I'm talking right now of, okay, here's what the Bible says, we can write that off quickly. We say, oh, well, yeah, I get that. But no, do some research, study on what the Bible is really about. And then on the other end, it's, okay, if the Bible is true, here's what it has to mean for my life. Like I have to really dig in and look at Jesus. He's not just a fictitious person. He was a real man that walked 2,000 years ago and said he was the son of God, does not leave it up to us to make this decision of whether or not he was a good teacher or not, but says, I'm, I didn't come for that. I am the son of God and I'm coming to die for sins. Um, that's a pretty bold statement. So you, you really have to wrestle with some of these things. So when it comes to first importance issues, I would say, look at that, dive into it, say, okay, who is Jesus? Wrestle with that. And then all these other secondary issues, you're going to have opinions on. Right? There are going to be things that maybe you might not be in alignment with on somebody else, but they're still a Christian. Um, and so don't start those battles. Um, I was talking with a guy today. We were having a, a conversation over lunch, and um, he was asking me about a lot of these secondary issues. And he was asking me about, like, what should you, you know, he's going into a, more of a seminary setting. He says, what should I, what should I um, hold on to? And I said, you know, get those arguments out now when you're in seminary, because really at the end of the day, you don't want to bring that into whatever um, church you're going into or whatever, you know, situation you're going, you like wrestle with it now with people that are believers. Um, But in the end, um, you know, come back to a healthy understanding and really what the first important things are because this is this that's that's the thing that that really binds us together holds us together is the truth of Jesus and and who he says he is also um, there's a scripture in Corinthians I think it's first Corinthians where he says that um, knowledge puffs up but love builds up and when we get into a disagreement about what we would call a secondary issue um, we need to come in with a humility and a willingness to learn. 
so that we can really hold tightly to that relationship and love. And maybe we might learn something from that uh, disagreement. Um, Because there are times where I, in my lack of understanding, uh, questioned um, some things that I had that uh, friends believing. And, and then they came back to me and said, well, well, Randall, have you studied this or looked at this? And that really helped me to grow in my understanding of who God is instead of writing it off because most of the people that I knew would have written it off. Because um, there might be different groups that you uh, have of people who believe one thing or another thing. But I think we need to be open to learning from one another on some of these secondary issues so that we can have a better understanding of who God is, who Christ is, and, and what he's done. Um, so the way that I've described it before is uh, when it comes to healthy doctrine, um, we want to see if this is God-centered or man-centered. Um, who's the hero of this doctrine, this belief? Is this uh, God glorifying? Is this lifting him up? Um, and that's where I really land on it is like, is this the most God-glorifying um, doctrine? belief system, um, because I believe that the Bible is about him. It's about his glory, it's about what he's done. Um, so I want to preach and teach, um, and also believe with the lens of this is, this is about God. Yeah, that's good. Um, so as we talk about, uh, the authority of scripture and how we should read the Bible, what are some, you kind of teased us a little bit on Sunday, but what are some helpful things you think as we study scripture, as we read scripture to um, it's first, it's a miracle that we have Bibles in print and on our phone where we could look up every time Jesus says truly, truly, and we could find all those places just in a simple Google search. Um, So even with all that information, how do we read the Bible? What are some helpful um, things as we're studying scripture? One of the ways that I think we can we can start is just, as we talked about before, we have to read it in context of what it's saying. Uh, there are great study Bibles out there. I would encourage you to get an ESV study Bible or something like that that can give you some help along the way. Um, and so first off, just get a Bible that you're excited about. I, I like having a, a Bible in my hand uh, that I can like look through, read through, um, and turn the page on, um, because then you can, can do some highlighting, writing pens. There's journaling Bibles out there. Um, so as you are reading the scriptures, um, first get one that's, that's just going to be helpful for you in your life stage right now. Maybe you're a student, get a student edition Bible, um, get a a Bible that's going to be, um, something that you're excited about. And then, um, Look for the context of who is this letter written to? What was the, the situation that's happening um, as they're writing this letter? So whether it be the Apostle Paul or it be uh, Luke, um, any of these writers looking at the context of, okay, here's where it is. And then going from there, um, and just some questions you can ask as you're reading uh, the Bible are some like this. What does this scripture tell me about God? Again, so you're, you're starting in that place of who is God and, and really what has he done? And then another question you can ask yourself is, well, how do I see the gospel 
in this text. Um, so as you're reading it, you're looking through it, and it's talking, maybe you're going through the Ten Commandments, let's say. And so you're reading through the Ten Commandments, and for most of us, we start doing a checklist. We start saying, okay, well, I'm doing this one. I've never really struggled with this one. Um, so I'm, I've got eight out of the ten, right? So like we grade ourselves based on that. But really what the, what the purpose of the uh, law and the Ten Commandments was, was to show us not how good we were, but how bad we are. Um, and so we start reading through it and it's like, maybe you haven't done that outwardly, but you've done it in your heart. Um, how have we uh, put other things, idols above God? We do it all the time. And so it should bring, bring us low and then say, wow, um, it's not, I can't do this. I need someone to intercede for me. I need someone to follow these perfectly. Who's done that? Jesus. Jesus has done this perfectly. Um, so you can ask the question, like, what does it say about me? As you're reading the, the Bible, like, okay, what does it say about me? I need Jesus. I need him. And then you say, okay, from that, Jesus is taking care of this. Now, because of the gospel, because of Jesus, because of what he's done for me, because of the Holy Spirit inside of me, um, how can this come alive in my life? How can I, through the power of God, live this out? Um, and, and so it gives us this hope, it gives us this encouragement, and uh, we can particularly just be asking, like, okay, how is God speaking to me in the scripture? Um, so um, he, he's always speaking, he's always helping us, encouraging us. And so when we talk about, um, you know, verses like Hebrews uh, 4.12, and it says that God's word is sharper than any double-edged sword, and that um, really it just cuts us, it pierces us to the very heart, to the core of who we are. This book is not like any other book. And so God will speak to us and help us to um, follow him more and more as we're reading the scriptures. Um, but I think diving in, and, and looking at and saying, okay, God, teach me your truth. Teach me your ways. And I'm telling you, God, God will. He will through his word um, and just asking with a humble heart, Lord, teach me. Yeah, and just another thing on the, just the importance of knowing that uh, the, so the Old Testament, the Hebrew scriptures were written in Hebrew. They weren't written in English. Uh, and the New Testament wasn't written in English either. It was written in Greek, mostly Greek. Um, so you just have to understand that when you're, that's why there are so many different translations. I think that might be a, if you're a new believer, you may think, okay, this was, wow, I didn't know all these people in Rome were speaking English. It's because they weren't. Um, so that really can be helpful. And looking at the beauty of technology is that we can look at each word in Greek and see what the definition of that is. That's not just reserved for uh, people who are in seminary. Anybody can do that. Um, if you have a question about, okay, I don't understand. For example, we got a question about a passage in First Timothy where it says that uh, women will be saved through childbearing. And if you just heard that, you heard the Bible, oh, the Bible says that women will be saved through childbearing. You would say, the Bible is terrible. Whoever wrote that is sexist. And I don't like that. I'm going to discard that. But really, when you dive in and look at the context of that verse, you look at the person who wrote that, Paul, and you find other places where Paul says someone will be saved through something. It may not mean uh, 
what we would think like if a woman has a child that she's going to be saved. It's really more like women will be saved even through the curse of childbearing, like even through that. So that doesn't mean that women who don't have children are not saved. Um, but we really, you really have to go into, okay, what is, who's he talking to? What's the context around this? Why does he use this specific word here? Where else is this word used? Um, but I think we can, we can really get turned off to the Bible really quickly if we're reading it through just our cultural lens, uh, reading things out of context. Um, yeah. And, you know, I think one of the dangers is uh, eisegesis versus exegesis. Um, so one of the things I talked about this weekend is that the reason why we, we preach expositionally is that we don't want to skip through passages of Scripture that are difficult or hard for us, um, but we really want to dive in and say, okay, what is this really saying? Um, so when you talk about eisegesis, what that is is you isolate a Scripture, pull it out, and say, look, this is what it's saying. And we make our own assumptions about that instead of exegesis, which is pulling out. The, the isa means the isolation, but the exa means pulling out, out from the text, what it's saying. So instead of pulling out from it, what the original intent, what the original meaning is, we isolate it and say, this is what it means. And so there's, a da- there's dangers all over the place from when it comes to preaching, um, you can isolate text and say, here's what it says. And so it, it makes it sound like it's saying one thing when it's really meaning another thing. And that's very dangerous when it comes to uh, teaching, preaching, and, and sharing, even in you know Bible studies or any of those things. And so we have to look at things within context of what they're saying. And I'm thankful for God's grace in it all. You know, at the end of the day, I'm thankful for it because um, I've been guilty of it. I've looked at it and I said, okay, well, here's what it means. But then it didn't, you know? And, it, and so even as a, as a high schooler, I remember, again, my small group leader saying, okay, um, I want you guys to read this article really quickly. And it just showed somebody like, um, it, sh- it was this cartoon uh, where it's got uh, different people reading a s- same scripture, but then pulling all these different things from it about themselves. And he was trying to teach us and I didn't really get it at the time, but I look back now and I say, oh, this is what he was teaching us, was that, again, we were, you can isolate the scriptures, make it, think that, make it say something that you want it to say, and not even see the whole context of, of what it's saying, because it has to be back to the original intent of that scripture. Yeah, and this is, this is huge. In our, you may think that, oh, you guys are just talking, uh, not really practically right now, but really what you believe about God plays out. Um, and how you treat other people and what you think about yourself, um, just the way that you're going to interact with people. So we really think this is a huge, important issue. Doctrine is important. Sound doctrine is important. And I, and I want to add to the, that question, you know, you think about the curse. Well, you look all the way back in Genesis chapter 3. Um, so as, as Paul is talking here, particularly about childbearing, um, and it should, you should trace it back all the way to creation and then the fall that happens. Um, and so as the curse is given, we see that the solution is also given. And you'll find it in Genesis 3, 15. It's the Proto-Evangelion. It's the first gospel presentation. So God is, even within our the curse, like the, the curse of man was the, 
the work, the toil, um, and the childbearing, the pain and childbearing, we see that right in the middle of it all is this promise that God is going to send Jesus. And how did Jesus come? He came as a baby. He came like you and me. And he took on the curse upon himself. And he it says um, that he became a curse for us. And so you think about that as Jesus dying on the cross, becoming the curse. Now through Jesus, we can be blessed. The ultimate blessing um, through Jesus Christ. Um, so that's a great question. And I would encourage people to continue to dive into scripture, especially the times when you don't understand what it's saying, because I think what you'll find is that there is good news attached to it that we were overlooking the whole time. Yep, that's really good. So if you have any more questions for us, uh, you can send them to questions at gracecitysd.com. We'd love to answer them here on the podcast. So now we're going to go into kind of our phase two of the podcast where we talk about uh, just some of the things that we are watching, reading, and listening to. So Randall, what, uh, what are you reading right now? Yeah, I want to get this out there. Uh, there's a the Bible app. It's called YouVersion. You can download the app. Has uh, different reading plans on there. Um, so one of the things that I do, I I wake up about five, sometimes five thirty in the morning, um, during the week. So this isn't Saturday, Sunday. Well, I do Sunday actually too, but um, don't do this on on Saturday. But throughout the week, I wake up about that time, and the first thing that I do is I take my phone, and I open up the Bible app, and read. Uh, different scriptures. Um, and so there are different plans on there. Um, I just finished up one um, on Proverbs uh, by Timothy Keller, along with um, the one on uh, Psalms uh, on uh, from Timothy Keller, and also um, had one uh, called Love, Sex, and Money by John Piper that I just went through. So you can get on there um, and read different plans. And what I do is I'll read it together with a group of people. Um, so you can comment at the end and it just keeps you accountable. Uh, so I really encourage you, if you're not reading the word right now, this is something that has been helping me. Um, and it's cool. I mean, it will track how many days in a row you've been on the Bible app. Um, so I've got this streak going right now, almost 40 days in the Bible app. And it's been, it's been cool, you know, just to be able to go through that first thing out of the gates is reading the word and, um, you don't have to read, it will read it to you. You just push play and it'll read it to you. So you can listen, um, digest the word and, and really do that. And so that's something that I've been reading lately. That's been super helpful. How about you, Billy? It's good. Oh, well, I just started a book uh, by a guy named Hadi Lewis, and he's a pastor in ATL, Atlanta, Hotlanta. Um, but and I just started it, so I don't have any big takeaways from it yet. Uh, but we went to a conference uh, about five or six months ago, maybe less than that. Uh, yeah, last October. Last October, called the Exponential Conference, and I got to go to, to Hadi Lewis's uh, just breakout session. But yeah, I was just really encouraged. Uh, at this conference, uh, by what he said about how they're sharing the gospel with the people who are around them in their neighborhood. Uh, so yeah, it was really good. Really looking forward to getting into this book among wolves. Uh, so now Randall, what are you, uh, what are you watching? Well, I'm just going to confess I've been watching, uh, this is us. And 
I'm telling you, it is emotional, Billy. Yeah. Um, the older I get, the more emotional I feel like I get, especially when watching something like this. And so it's a, if you're, if you're not in on what this show is, it's a, a show about a family um, and they've got three kids um, and it's a diverse family uh, situation. So uh, it's, it's got all the challenges. Um, but I find myself looking at my wife and, and thinking this is the stage that we're in right now. We're just right in the middle of it and just how much of an impact um, we're making on our kids because this is, there's going to be things that they're just going to remember. And so they really play off of that in this show is um, looking back and how the history of a family impacts kids in the future. Um, so yeah, it, it's it's been good. It's been thoughtful, helpful for us as we navigate our mid-30s uh, raising kids and knowing that we are leaving an impression on them right now. Man, that's deep stuff. We, were, we watched is. the Super Bowl with some people yesterday and it came on right after and we had to pause it because they were like, I don't want to see it yet. I don't want to see it yet. Don't even tell me, turn the sound off. I it was, that it. was a big one. <laughs> that was a big one. That they had a countdown after the Super Bowl to This Is Us. They had a count, like a timer countdown to when it, that episode started. It's pretty pro. That is, that means that this show is impacting a lot of people. Yeah, it is. And there were going to, there were going to be a lot of people that were upset if it did not start when that time ticker went to double zero. zero. Yep. Man. Well, I'm, I'm not on that train yet. And, uh. Yeah, I don't know if Mary and I'll be. You're missing out, Bill. We're st- we're still watching The Office, so. Yeah, <laughs> we need we need a little bit. No, we of, were in that season one time as well. We were there. We were there. We'll be in that season at some point. So yeah, there'll probably be a new show at that point. Yep, that's good. Uh, well, one of the things that I watched with uh, with our band here at Grace City, uh, we just had dinner on Thursday night, and right before we rehearsed. Uh, we watched this video about harmony and it's this guy named Jacob Collier. Um, he's like a multi-instrumentalist. He's like insane, can play everything, uh, knows all the theory um, behind all this stuff. And so it's a video of him explaining harmony, musical harmony uh, to five different groups of people. So he's explaining it to like a five-year-old, uh, like a third grader, uh, somebody who's in college, and then somebody who's a professional musician, and then this guy named Herbie Hancock, who's like a Grammy-winning uh, guy. But it's interesting how he explains it uh, just to all these people. Um, and it was interesting even being with uh, Janie, who plays bass and keys, but she went to school for piano, and just uh, watching her listen to it and be like, oh, man, that's really cool. Um, yeah, it was just a really interesting video. We got even into some gospel conversations just uh watching this video there's some really cool uh tie overs between music and like the already not yet of the gospel so it was really cool gospels everywhere the gospels everywhere even in this video every day gospel i love it it's awesome so randall what are you listening to right now one of the albums that i've recently started listening to is the john mark mcmillan album 
and the the song death in reverse i think has really stuck out to me and so i've been listening to that and really appreciate it it it's an interesting concept you know you think of it i mean the it's it's gospel based and so thinking about life in jesus is death in reverse and so you're actually becoming more alive in christ as you live in christ um, you're learning more about what life is. So it's probably off of that John 10, 10, you know, that Jesus said, uh, the enemy comes to steal, kill and destroy, but I've come to give life and give it to the fullest. Um, and so just thinking about that concept, it's been, it's been really good. And I like, I, I think it's, I, it feels like almost like this eighties vibe to it a little bit, or some type of, um, instrumentalism that, it's that has guitar, drawn me that in. chorusy guitar tone. That's what it is. Yeah. It's drawing me in. And so as a as a person who does not know music well and would have probably been put in the category of um a child in the the way that he was describing <laughs> music uh, the in that video I like it. It sounds good to me. Nice. That's it. How about you? Well, speaking of uh, good music that we got to listen to together, we went to the Killers concert uh, here in San Diego this past week, uh, which was Amazing. just incredible. Uh, it was awesome. Um, but Brandon Flowers, he's the lead singer of the Killers. Um, he's got a couple of solo albums, which just blows me away because he's got all the success with the Killers, but then also has time to write and record his own solo stuff. Uh, he released an album in 2015 called The Desired Effect. Um, there's a lot of 80s tones on that album too, um, but there's just some really good songwriting in those. Specifically, the song Between Me and You is just insanely good. Um, so if it's, you ever, It's about as emotional as This Is Us. Oh man, yeah. If This Is Us is a song, not, me not seeing This Is Us yet, it's probably Between Me and You. There have, yeah. been, there have been some tears that have it's come. It's deep. It's deep. Yep, it's good. Sweet. Well... Uh, again, if you have any questions for us, please send them to questions at gracecitysd.com. We thank you for listening to this third episode of the Everyday Gospel Podcast. And as we say every week, Grace City, you're sent. <laughs>